All right. Good morning. Thank you so much again for being here. Maybe you joined us online after the welcome. My name is Alex Hanvey, and I get to be part of the pastoral leadership team here at Divine Church. And I am so excited to have the opportunity to be able to continue our series, What Does the Bible Say About? And today we're going to be talking about worry, um, something that personally I've dealt with for over half of my life, uh, sometimes in seasons more heavily than others, but it's something I can speak from. Uh, I can speak from examples in my own personal life, and I know what it's like to worry. And so I'm excited to be able to talk about what God's Word says about it, specifically and directly what Jesus says about worry in our lives. But I'm just thankful that each and every one of you are here uh, today to be able to. To be able to take in what God has, what he's laid on my heart. And I believe that if you're here and you're watching online or maybe you're listening to the audio of this, I believe it's for a reason that God has you here and has you listening to this because I think he's got something for you. And personally, one of the worries that I have, uh, that I've gone through today is anytime I'm wearing this particular type of mic where it stays with you, I always worry and have anxiety that I'm going to leave it on while I'm standing out there singing and that everybody else is going to hear me. So, you know, thankfully I checked it in my worry and it was already off. So that was good. But worry is something that every single one of us deal with. And we've either we either deal with it every day or we've dealt dealt with it at some point in time in our lives. So I think it's something that we can all relate to. And I think it's something that we can use some encouragement and some help with actually dealing with and addressing. And so as we get ready to talk about this, um, I, I want to share four words with you that I think will help you. Um, and I think we'll be able to, to allow us to overcome the worry in our lives. And those four words are, don't worry, be happy. And so thank you for coming today. We can pray and go home, right? Um, no, if only it were that easy. Um, you know, and, and you've probably heard the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, uh, by I think his name's Bobby Farron. And so that was, you know, a really great song. Um, but easier said than done when it comes to actually accomplishing the, the fears and the, the anxieties that come along with worry. And so... One of the worst things in the world, at least in my mind, I mean, there's a lot of bad things, obviously, but one of the worst is the unwarranted worry and anxiety that we have. It's the worry that doesn't even deserve our time. It's the things that we spend more time focusing on than we should. And a lot of times that may mean we spend more time focusing on the things we're afraid of and the things that cause us anxiety than we spend focusing on God himself. And then we spend in God's word that we spend listening to his voice, to his promises, that we spend reading the words that Jesus actually spoke. And that causes us a lot of times to have those worries and anxieties in this life. And worry and anxiety, if you really dig deep enough, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of layers to worry. But if you dig deep enough, I think a lot of times we find that worry comes from a root of misplaced priorities or out of order priorities and I want to see what Jesus talks about today and what he says as well as what God's word says today 
um, in a couple other places. So if you're following along with us, you have your Bible or you have your uh, phone app, your Bible app on your phone, or even if you're following us in the Vine Church app, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 for most of the time today. And as we walk through this, it's going to be very familiar because we've been spending a lot of time in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 as we've kind of went through this series. As Tyler has pointed out, that Jesus speaks on a lot of the questions that we have about life. And when it comes to what the Bible says, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 really cover a lot of it. And so we're going to be in chapter 6, particularly verses 25 through 34 where Jesus is talking directly and specifically to worry itself and how we as Christians should deal with that. And if you recall and you were with us a a few weeks ago or you watched online, Pastor Tyler actually preached from the prior verses. And the prior verses, Jesus is actually talking about our treasure and where our treasure is. Is it here on earth or is it in heaven with God and with Jesus? Like, where is our treasure? Because where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And there's a reason that that passage and this passage are related. Because if you look at verse 25, the first word that Jesus says is therefore, which means he's referring to something he's just spoken about. And so there's a correlation between where your treasure is and where your worry may actually be coming from. Because... If you look at what Jesus talks about in verse 25, you can see how some of that may even relate to a physical or a financial sense. Because in verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Now, what Jesus is not saying here is that food, drink, and clothes are not important, or that they are bad things. That's not what Jesus is saying, because Jesus knows that we need food to survive. We need drink and water specifically to survive, and that clothes help to keep us safe and protected and warm. So these are not bad things, but these things should never be the priority in our life. We shouldn't wake up thinking, what am I going to wear today? And that be the most leading thought that we have. When we wake up, we should be thinking about God and the fact that we have another day. And then we can think about, okay, what am I going to wear today? That's not a bad thing, but it should never be the first thing. It should never be a priority. And a lot of these things that Jesus is talking about are things that we need. And so the things that we need, we should trust God that he's going to provide. And that's what we're going to see as we walk through this passage and as we look at what Scripture tells us about worry and anxiety, but it's important that we understand that it's about a priority. It's about an order of which we hold things and how highly we regard them, because it should always be that God is at the top of that list, and first and foremost is God above all else. You see, and often these things get out of order when we think that it's up to us to supply them rather than trusting God, rather than saying, hey, I know that God understands these are things that I need. We think that, hey, if I don't get these, I'm not going to have them. So I must do things to get food, to get 
something to drink and to buy clothes. Like, I have to do something. It depends on me rather than saying, God loves me, he cares for me, and he is going to provide for me. Now, on the flip side, that doesn't mean that, hey, I can be lazy, I can sit at home, sit on the couch, do nothing, expect God to magically deliver all these things to my front door, and I never have to lift a finger. That's not what God wants for us either, and that's not what God is telling us, and that's not what Jesus is getting us to understand here, because what we're going to see at the end of this is it talks about seeking the kingdom of God. And in order to seek something, it takes action. And God also, in his word, reminds us and tells us, hey, being lazy is not what I've called you to. And being lazy leads to suffering and leads to things in life that we want to avoid and that he wants us to avoid because he wants greater things for us. So if our priorities are right, as Jesus mentioned in the previous passage, where our treasure is, what we are seeking most in life, then God will take care of what we need. Now, the great thing is, and and what we need to remember is, being lazy, sitting at home, doing nothing is not what God calls us to. So that means, hey, maybe I need a job. Maybe I need to go out and do something But hey, through that job, it's not the job that provides it. It's not my own effort in that job, but it's God using that job to get me the things that I need. See, it's all about knowing that it starts and ends with God. And so let's continue on in verse 26, where Jesus says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? You see, our misplaced priorities, our out-of-order priorities, cause us to lose sight of the value that we have in God's eyes. You see, we begin to believe deceitful lie that, hey, if I don't do it, no one else will, because no one else cares. But that's not true. I mean, think about it. And Tyler kind of touched on this a couple of weeks ago. Do you see birds out building barns and storing for themselves? No, but yet they have food to eat. They're taken care of because God makes a way that they can be. So why would God not do that for you? Why would God not do that for me? Why do we think that it has to be up to us and that God doesn't see us or God doesn't value us or that God doesn't care about us? Because the moment we begin to have that thought, it causes us to replace God in our lives. And we, we start to ignore God or not even consider God when we are in need or when we are overwhelmed. We think that, hey, it's, it's only up to me. Nobody else is here to help. Nobody else cares. And so that's exactly what the enemy wants for us. He wants us to live in that daily fear and that mindset that, hey, if I don't do it, no one else will. God doesn't care, so I'm the only one that does. So let me do it and take care of myself. Because all that does is then start to make us, because the moment you think that, hey, God's not going to provide in a certain situation, you start to think more about that job and you start to become afraid, what if I lose this job? There's a lot of people in this world and in this country right now that are probably a little fearful that they may lose their job. But those who are depending on God and relying on him, you know what? 
If God walks them through that season, it'll be okay. Because God will make sure they have what they need. He will supply everything that they need. But they have to trust in him rather than trusting in the job, knowing that the job is just a means of which God is blessing them and taking care of them. And so then Jesus goes on in verse 27, and he says, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? I don't know about you, but I need to ask myself this question every single time I begin to worry. And every time I have an anxious thought, Because the short answer is no. Worry adds no time to your life. Worry gives you nothing, but rather it takes everything away from you. But that's not what we think in the midst of our anxiety and worry. We think when we are anxious and when we are afraid that, okay, what do I need to do to make sure everything's going to be okay And we believe that, hey, I'm in control, I can do this. If I just focus on this, then I'll be all right and I'll make it another day. Or I'll make it through this season because of the worry and the fear and the anxiety that I have. But rather, the worry does the exact opposite. It steals both time and joy that God has for our lives and that Jesus wants for our life. Because again, we believe that it's it's up to us If we do it, it'll be all right. Rather than trusting that, hey, no matter what happens, no matter the circumstances, no matter what I am walking through, God will take care of me. And God will provide everything that I need. So you see, worry is deceptive and it causes us to be blind to the fact that there are greater things. Because here's something to remember and understand as well. Worry has never pushed you through a door to take a next step, but rather it has caused you to stand still, to see an open door that God put in front of you and to never move towards it and to never walk through it. Worry doesn't encourage you to do things, but rather it holds you back from doing what God wants for you. And then if we continue in verses 28 through 30, Jesus goes on and he says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? You see, why, if God is going to take care of the birds and God's going to take care of the flowers, why would we believe he would not take care of us? And that's what worry does again, is it puts blinders over our eyes, and we begin to forget that God is our provider. That's why it's so important how much we stay in God's word. Because if we stay in God's word, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, you see time and time again, repeatedly, that God is there, that God provides, that God makes a way, that God does not forsake his children, his people. You see, that is what we learn. That is what we can hold on to. That is what helps us to push away the lies that worry feeds to us when we stress and we're anxious for the things that we should not be. Because if God is going to watch over the birds and the flowers, he surely will watch over you and I. When we're worried about the things that we shouldn't be, it causes us to look away from Jesus rather than to be focused solely on him. And it reminds me 
of a time uh, in, in the scripture when Jesus and his disciples are out on the, the lake and it's the middle of the night and the disciples are in the boat and Jesus is walking by on the water and the disciples see him and they become afraid and then Peter calls out, hey, if it's really you, Jesus, call me out on the water. And so Jesus calls Peter out and Peter trusts him enough in that moment to step out of the boat. And so in that moment and for a few steps, it tells us that Peter is walking towards Jesus. He's doing something that he couldn't do on his own. And it's something because of his faith in Christ that he was able to experience. But then in that moment, it also tells us that after a few steps, Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus and he looks at his surroundings. He looks at the waves that are crashing. He listens and notices how violently the wind is around him. And then the next thing that happens is he begins to sink. And that's what worry does in your life and my life. That's what anxiety does for us. And if you've ever dealt with overwhelming anxiety, you understand that sinking feeling. Like you can't catch yourself, like you can't stop yourself. And just like Peter, worry causes us to sink. And to feel this sense of we're drowning and there's nothing we can do. You see, and that's what I want you to understand is that worry, rather than allowing us to stand on the promises of God and on the word of Jesus Christ, it causes us to sink in fear and desperation. And there's nothing we can do about it when worry overcomes us in that way. And Proverbs 12 actually tells us and references how worry weighs us down in life. You see, but the good news is, what I want you to know is in that same event and in that same instance, as Peter is sinking, he cries out and Jesus catches him. He catches him. Peter couldn't stop himself and get himself back up into the boat or above the water, but Jesus catches him. And so maybe right now you walked in here today and throughout this time, throughout this morning, you've been distracted because you've got all these worried thoughts in your mind. All these anxious things that keep cycling through, that keep pushing you away from letting go and having the freedom to worship God today. Maybe you don't enjoy life as much as you once did because all you do is worry and think of the anxious thoughts that just cycle and spin and repeat themselves through your mind. So I want you to ask yourself, are you focused on God? Are you listening and trusting in his word? Or are you listening and just focused solely on the circumstances around you? Because when you do begin to sink, Jesus is there to catch you and to pull you above whatever it is that's trying to pull you down. If you'll let him. Because you also have the option and the choice to resist, and to continue to just allow yourself to be overwhelmed. But Jesus gives you an option, and he gives you a choice, and he gives you a way to replace that anxiety and worry in your life. And that's what I want us to walk away with today, is knowing that we don't have to be okay with this. We don't just have to accept worry and anxiety as, hey, it is what it is. It is who I am. I'll just deal with it day in and day out. But rather, there is something greater and there is something better for us. And if we really allow worry 
and we start to use our worry and anxiety for our benefit rather than allowing it to like push us down or hold us back or try to run our lives, rather we use it for our benefit, then it helps us to see and understand what we were talking about before, about where our heart actually is. What are the things that we are so focused on that kind of take over and have priority in our day-to-day lives? Is it the things of this world or is it the things of God's kingdom? Are we focused on what we're going to do today, what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear, how we're going to make the next bill, or are we focused on, hey, God will provide no matter what. No matter what, God will make a way. And we got to hear a little bit about that the other week as well, about God financially making a way when it looks like mathematically there's no way possible. God makes a way. And that's what his word tells us. That's why if we daily stay in it, we can be reminded of these things. When we go through seasons of worry and anxiety, we can focus on what he wants us to focus on and we can stand on his promises and his faithfulness. You see, and in life, there are things that don't deserve any of our worries, such as the basic necessities. God will provide for those. We don't have to be overwhelmed by those things. The things of this world we shouldn't worry about, we shouldn't be anxious of. What someone says about us, what someone thinks about us. It's more important about, we can be concerned and be mindful of what God says about us. We can be mindful of our sin. We can be mindful and and care for and have worry or concern for our family, for other believers around the world. Like those things we can be concerned with and we can have a sense of worry about, but yet there's something that we're supposed to do when that happens, and that is to take it to God, not to hold it in and think that it is up to us. Because that's the problem, is when we think it's up to me to resolve it and up to me to solve the problems, then I run into issues. Because what then happens is that we look to the things of this world to either solve the issue or at least alleviate our stress and anxiety. And oftentimes that can come in the form of alcohol or drugs or people or money, other possessions, other things in this world. And we look to those instead of looking to the only one who can actually give us peace. The only one who scripture points to that holds the peace that we desire. You see, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In Jesus, we can have peace. And then he goes on to say, in this world, you will have trouble. Now, for some, that may seem a little odd, right? How can you have peace and trouble at the same time? Trouble should not impact our peace. Trouble should not dictate whether or not we have peace. This world is full of trouble, it's full of chaos, it's full of bad things, but yet we as Christians can still live a life full of peace with no anxiety or worry when we're focused on Jesus, when he is at the center. Because Jesus says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus gives us a peace in the midst of every bit of trouble that we could possibly face on this side of eternity. 
But the question is, will we take his peace or will we still look at the wind and the waves around us rather than at the face of Jesus and trust in his promises? You see, it reminds me of another time that Jesus and his disciples again are out on the lake, kind of in the middle of the night, and they're in a boat. And I don't know about you, but these two scenarios would make me think, Jesus, are you sure you want to get in this boat? It's kind of late. Let's, let's just stay on the, on the shore. Because in this instance, they're, they're out, it's dark, it's late, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this sudden storm comes up, so much that the waves are tossing the boat from side to side. Waves are crashing over. The boat is filling up. The disciples are panicked. They feel like and they think that they're about to die because the boat is about to sink. So they're running around. And can you imagine that? Can you just put yourself in that uh, situation for a moment? You hear the wind that it's blowing so violently. The waves are crashing probably higher than you are their peak. And they're coming into the boat and you're soaked and you're just panicked because you think it's about to be the end of your life. And so they run to Jesus, who is in the same situation, who is in the same storm, who is experiencing the same things externally, but yet he's asleep. How much more peaceful can you get than being asleep? The disciples are terrified Jesus is asleep. Regardless of the circumstances they are both in. That's what Jesus does for us. That's why in the midst of the hurricane, in the midst of the storm that you are walking through, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to live in fear, anxiety, and worry. Though the world will tell you, hey, there's nothing you can do. It's just part of life. You just got to get through it. Jesus says, no. No, you can be at perfect peace right now in what you're walking through. You know why? Because you trust in Him. Because you know that God will provide and He will make a way no matter what everything else and everyone else may be telling you. You see, just remember, worry steals the joy and the peace that Jesus has for your life. And that's what Jesus wants for us. And He goes on in Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34, and He says, So do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You see, seek first God, not these things. Because God knows that you need them. And then Jesus goes on and says, and all these things will be given to you as well. You see, it's a priority. Put God first, seek Him first, and everything else that you've ever worried about that you need will come to you because God will provide. For those who have children, for those who are parents, you understand what I'm talking about and you know what Jesus is saying here because you would do anything you can to provide for your children because you love them, you care about them. You don't want them to walk through life with anxiety and worry, but rather you want them to know that, hey, I've got you, I will take care of you. That's exactly what our Heavenly Father wants for us because we as Christians are His children. He will give us the things that we need. Not everything that we want, but He'll give us everything that we need. And Jesus goes on to say, therefore do not worry about tomorrow. 
For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I have found myself at times not just worrying about tomorrow, but about the entire week, the entire month, and the entire year to come. And Jesus says, hey, a day has enough trouble of its own. Just focus on now. Just live your life today trusting in God, believing in his promises. And now I want to share a formula with you that's going to help us to be able to overcome worry. Because no matter how much I share with you and I encourage you not to worry, I worry. I was worrying this morning that I had, was, you know, had this opportunity to be able to share God's word, that I would mess it up, that I would say the wrong thing. So no matter how hard we try, we're going to worry. Anxiety is going to come, but there's something that we can do about it. We don't have to just settle in and say, okay, it is what it is. And this isn't some magic formula. This isn't some, you know, like hypothetical thing, but it's really true. It's easy. And it's something that we can effortlessly, well, actually, I'm going to not say effortlessly, because it does take effort, but it's something that we can apply to our lives. That it's reasonable for us to be able to do this, though it may go against the grain of what our body's telling us, what our mind's telling us, what the world is telling us. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul's writing to the church in Philippi. And in chapter 4, verse 4, he tells them, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, if you, again, going back to being a parent, sometimes you have to repeat yourself for your child to listen. Sometimes that may be twice. Sometimes that may be 45 times, and they still don't listen. But you repeat yourself because you have something you want them to know, to understand. And so Paul repeats himself here in this one verse, and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Not sometimes. Not when things are good. But always, no matter the storm you were sitting in the middle of, rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. And if you want some context and something to reference there, in Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, it says it like this, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls. You have nothing. Nothing. Nothing is going the way that you want or that you hoped it would. You have nothing in this world to be joyful about based on the view of the world. It goes on and it says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord because our circumstances do not affect and do not matter to the joy that we have in God. And it says, I will be joyful in God, my Savior. You see, that's what Paul is trying to get the church in Philippi, as well as us today as the readers of this passage to understand. Is that no matter what's going on in life, rejoice. Express joy because you always have something in God to be joyful of. The fact that you're alive today and breathing. The fact that Jesus humbled himself to step down to this world to live the perfect life that you and I couldn't, to experience the death on the cross that you and I deserved, and then to rise in victory over both sin and death from the grave in his resurrection, and to share in that 
to share his victory with us, which we do not deserve, that is worth being joyful every day, no matter what it is we're going through. That is worth rejoicing. And Paul goes on to say in verses 5 and 6, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Again, that word, anything, it means anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So what's the game plan? What's the formula? What's the equation to be able to overcome worry in our lives? Because it's going to happen. We're going to face it. It's going to come. We're going to be anxious. We're going to have anxious thoughts. We're going to doubt. We're going to fear. And we're going to be afraid. But we don't have to hold on to it. We don't have to walk through it continuously. So what do we do? Rejoice always. Always. No exceptions. I don't care what it looks like. Rejoice. Because Jesus gave his life for you. Rejoice always because Jesus rose in victory so that you may have life. You always have something to be joyful about. Something that this world cannot take away from you. Secondly, take it to God. As Paul writes there, for us to present our request to God. Through prayer and petition, take it to God. And third, give him thanks. Be thankful. Again, in the same thing that we get to rejoice in, we can be thankful for that God sees us, that God cares about us, that God knows what we're walking through and we're not doing it on our own. Rejoice always, take it to God and give him thanks. And what does that do for us? When that, that fear and that anxiety it starts to overwhelm us, what does that do for us? Paul writes in verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What I want you to understand is the world doesn't understand the peace that we have in Christ. They'll think you're crazy. They won't understand how you can be at peace and be joyful and rejoicing in the midst of such chaotic seasons of life. A lot of people right now who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, as we've walked through this last year and a half, almost two years with COVID, they're panicked, they're terrified, they're afraid, they have no idea what to do, and they don't understand why when they see us as Christians, maybe we're not living quite that same way. Maybe we're not quite as afraid or anxious about tomorrow because we listen to what Jesus says and we believe that he will provide, that God will care for our needs and take care of us. And so we replace that worry and anxiety for peace. So let me ask you, what is your priority right now? Is it trusting and believing in God no matter what? Or is it trying to take care of the things of this world on your own? Because that's going to impact and affect the level of worry and anxiety that you have every day. I can assure you, that it does not mean you will never have an anxious thought or a worrying thought in your life. But this formula and this equation means that you can overcome it and you can replace that worry and anxiety with peace. The peace that comes through Christ Jesus. You see, if you don't know Jesus, you'll never know this peace. If you don't have a personal relationship with Christ in your life, this peace is something that you will not understand. So if you're joining us in-house or online and that is you and you're like, hey, I don't get it, but I want that peace. 
I want to know what that's like. I want to give you an opportunity to walk into that and to step into that. I want to give you a chance today if you're a Christian and you've been living your life full of worry and full of anxiety. And you don't know how to get rid of the worry and replace it with the peace of Christ. I want to, I want to give you that chance to bring and to present to God the anxious thoughts that you have. The struggles that you've been walking through, that you've been trying to deal with on your own. And I want you to ask him to replace that with the peace that comes through Christ Jesus. And I want you to have hope. And I also want you to see the value that God has for you. So if you're with us today, bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to pray for us. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you that we've been able to come here today and that we've been able to experience what you have for us through this worship, through this service, God. Dear Lord, for those who are joining us around the world, for those who are right here in this room today, Lord, I pray that you have been moving through each and every heart. Lord, there are Christians who are listening, like myself, who wrestle with anxious thoughts, have worry in our lives, and maybe we haven't brought it to you like you've instructed us to by your word, but maybe we've tried to deal with it and solve it and alleviate the issues on our own. Dear Lord, I come to you now and ask for those who are followers of Christ Jesus today that we can have peace instead of worry, that we can bring to you every anxious thought, every doubt, every fear, and that you will replace it with hope, with love, with courage, with power, and with peace that comes through your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, I know there are people who may be watching online or maybe they're here today who don't have a relationship with Jesus. So they've never experienced that peace. It's never been something they could quite understand. But Lord, today I pray that you have been moving in their hearts to open their eyes that they can see the beauty, that they can hear, Lord, your voice. Open their ears, Lord. And open their heart to receive and to believe exactly what you would have for them. Dear Lord, for those who are in that boat right now, they're in the middle of a storm and they don't know what to do. Lord, I pray that you will draw them to yourself. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're watching online or you're listening on a podcast or you're in this room and you've never placed your hope in Christ Jesus. You've never surrendered your life to him. I want to give you an opportunity to do that now. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I just want you to pray these words with me. But I want you to understand something. It's not words that save you. They're not magic. They're not special. They're just words. But rather, it is the faith that is in your heart, that Jesus is who he says he is, that he did what he said he would come to do. And that he rose in victory over both. And that your hope now rests in him and not your own effort or your own life. So if that's you, I want you to pray this with me. And those who are here as well, pray together for the benefit of those who are coming to faith for the first time. Lord Jesus, 
I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I repent of my sins. I turn from my way. And I turn to you. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe you lived the perfect life. I believe you died the death that I deserve. I believe you rose in victory. Help me to follow you the rest of my life the best way I know how. With every head bowed and eyes still closed, if that was you and you prayed that prayer and you believed it wholeheartedly and that was the first time you've ever surrendered your life to Jesus, I just want you to respond when I count to three and I want you to do this not so that we can point you out or call you out, but we want to celebrate with you. We want to encourage you. We want to help you. And if you have any questions about what you just prayed or about following Jesus, we want you to be able to have answers to those. And so we want to walk with you through that. So if you're in the house, I just want to ask you, when I count to three, raise your hand. If you're watching online, click the click a button, send us a message. Whatever it is, just reach out to us so that we can help you and we can walk with you through this. One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer and you believe that, you put your hope in Christ Jesus, just respond so that we can connect with you, so that we can help you and walk with you through this. For those who are watching, and you do know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have put your faith in Him, but yet you still find yourself walking with worry and carrying that burden on your own. I want you to know that you can lay that down today. That there is nothing you go through in this world that you have to carry the weight that anxiety puts on you. There is nothing in this world that you go through that you have to carry that burden. Because Jesus is here for you. And he wants to replace that burden with peace. It doesn't mean that your circumstances change. Understand that. You may still be in that same storm. But instead of a mindset and a mentality of chaos... You can be at peace, you can have hope, and you can be full of joy because of Christ. Lord Jesus, for each and every one of us who are here and listening, for those who follow you, Lord Jesus, but yet sometimes we find ourselves carrying the anxious thoughts and the worries. We lay them down at your feet now. Lord, I pray as we worship during this last song that you will help us to remove all the burdens and the weights anxiety and fear and doubt bring. Lord, help us to lay them down at your feet and to take up the peace that comes through Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray for your blessing, for your encouragement and your embrace around each and every one of us. Lord, we thank you again for this day and this chance that we've had to come together. May you bless us through the rest of this service together and through this time of worship. And may it all be for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You stand and sing with us.
So as we get ready to close today and as we get ready to leave, I just want to ask you one question is, where are your eyes focused today? Is it on Jesus who can give you peace? Or is it on the storm that you're in the middle of? Because I promise you, regardless of the storm, you can have peace if your answer is Jesus. So no matter what happens, no matter if your circumstances change, just know that focusing on Jesus will give you the peace that this world searches for but can never find apart from him. So no matter what season of life you're walking in right now and how bad the storm seems, trust in Jesus. Keep your eyes focused on him and it will be well with your soul. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you again for this day and this chance that we get to come before you to worship you and to sing praises to your name. May you bless each and every one of us as we leave here today. May you help us to be a light in the dark world, to point others to the hope and the peace and the joy that we can have in you. Lord, may you be glorified through everything that we do and bring us back here safely again next week for another opportunity and another chance to gather in your presence and in your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Hope to see you again next week. God bless and have a great week.